Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, October the 31st. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween to all the trick-or-treaters out there today. My mission as MLA for Cumberland North is to represent you, the people of Cumberland North. I am an independent MLA. That means that I only work for you, the people, not a partisan political party. I am building on a foundation of truth and justice, determination and dedication, honesty, and being a servant leader and with a goal of empowering all people, each and every person in our area. We build on the strength of our veterans and we stand firm with the four pillars of excellence in healthcare, poverty reduction, caring for our Mother Earth, and entrepreneurship and our economy. We embrace our diversity, we strive for equity and inclusiveness, and celebrate our history and arts and culture of our people. Last week in politics, I was in Halifax at the Nova Scotia Legislature, Monday through Friday. It was an honor, continues to be an honor, to serve you, the people of Cumberland North, and to be there speaking on your behalf about the issues important to our people here. Monday, before heading to Halifax for the Nova Scotia Legislature, I did attend a meeting with the Northern Zone Nova Scotia Health Team for an update. We reviewed very important issues pertaining to our health care here in the Northern Zone, particularly the Amherst uh, Napan Hospital, Cumberland Regional Healthcare Centre, as well as the Pugwash North Cumberland Memorial Healthcare Centre, and Spring Hill, and Advocate and Parsbro. We reviewed the reopening date of the Cumberland Regional Healthcare Emergency Department. Many of you know it uh, flooded back in May and has been going under significant renovation and repair. And unfortunately, we are seeing another delay in that reopening. The healthcare professionals that are trying to work in the uh, temporary location are finding it extremely difficult. And I did communicate that to the Northern Zone team once again. The challenge is the reopening date keeps getting pushed back and there are excuses being given of supply chain management, but you know, we're not seeing work being done 24 seven. And this, in my opinion, and the opinion of our local healthcare professionals, there should be people there working 24 hours a day, getting that emergency department reopened. There is still a lack of local decision-making and our local healthcare team are really powerless as decisions are made very centrally in Halifax. And of course, this is leading to uh, problems here, here locally where our local team are not empowered to get things done as they should be. We also discussed about the severe nursing shortage. And again, we're seeing this because decisions are not being made locally. Uh, nurses, when they apply for jobs, have to do it centrally through a website. And that website goes to a team in Halifax. And again, they don't understand the urgency and the need for recruiting and retaining nurses right here at Cumberland Regional, as well as other local hospitals. It was reported that there's 22 vacancies for registered nurses at Cumberland Regional and two vacancies for LPNs, licensed practical nurses. So that's 24. So you can imagine how difficult it is for the nursing staff at Cumberland Regional to work in conditions where they're short 24 nurses. If you go online with the website, it doesn't even show 
all of these vacancies at our local hospital. So I will continue to push for better local decision-making where our local management can advertise, recruit, and retain registered nurses as well as LPNs. Last week at this meeting, we also discussed other uh, significant issues around healthcare, such as recruitment for family physicians, the dialysis unit, as well as other items. So after that meeting, I did head off to the Nova Scotia legislature, which sat on Monday from 5 p.m. until midnight. On Monday, I shared two member statements. One was thanking the friends of the Pugwash Estuary for all of their efforts for cleanup after Hurricane Fiona. I also did a member statement congratulating the village of Pugwash for their recent uh, awards that they won through Communities in Bloom. And Pugwash is just such a vibrant community right now that is that is definitely blooming, definitely flourishing. So I'm so happy to give the congratulations to the team, to everyone in the village of Pugwash. Also on Monday evening, there was continued debate on Bill 196, which is the Art Gallery Act of Nova Scotia. Some may ask why there was so much debate on the Art Gallery Act. And the main reason was due to the significant shift the government that this new government has taken with regards to board governance. And I'll talk about this more in the update. But they have dissolved or are working to dissolve the board of directors so that all power and all decision making will be through cabinet, the executive council, which of course is the premier and all the cabinet ministers. Also, on Tuesday, I read member statements thanking Sheila Christie for her service as town councillor and deputy mayor for the town of Amherst. Today is actually Sheila Christie's last day serving for our town, and I want to say today, thank you to Sheila. It's not an easy job serving uh, at any level of government. There's uh, some very rewarding times, but there's also some very challenging times, and I want to say thank you to Sheila, and thank you for the service that she's given to our area. I also read a member statement on Tuesday uh, congratulating Matt Williams on the opening of his new barbershop in Amherst. It's called the Boundary Barbershop. He opened it this past summer, so congratulations to Matt Williams. On Tuesday, there was continued debate of Bill 196, the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia Act. We also had Committee of the Whole, and Committee of the Whole is where amendments can be brought forward from opposition parties uh, respecting the bills that have been tabled in second second reading as well as have been discussed in Law Amendments Committee. So Committee of the Whole, there were several bills brought forward. One was Bill 200, the Museum Act, Bill 198, the 911 Act. One of the Liberal MLAs, and Laureen Nicole, tabled an amendment to start a vulnerable persons registry And I did speak on this amendment, and I did agree with this idea. It ensures that we have a registry of people who are living in our area who are vulnerable during times of power outages, like the recent one with Hurricane Fiona. So we have people in our area that are on home dialysis, home oxygen. There could be people on home ventilators. And it's very important that we're aware and that we have a list of these people so that action can be taken to ensure their health and safety. Also, in Committee of the Whole, we had Bill 207, the Electricity Act, respecting the Hydrogen Innovation Program, Bill 204, MGA regarding marketing levies, and Bill 203, 
Bill 203 was an amendment to the Labor Standards Code, and it was regarding um, pregnancy loss. There was an amendment tabled also, again, by Lorley Nicole, and she tabled an amendment that this bill could be cited as Ruby's Law. This MLA, Lorley, had actually put this bill idea forward herself, and the reason that she even ran for politics was for this very, very important issue. Her daughter, unfortunately, suffered pregnancy loss at 32 weeks gestation, and Laura Lee saw the need at that time for labor standards to have measures put in place that people suffering from pregnancy loss were legally able to take five days off from work. Now, this bill, the five days are unpaid days, so there's no added pressure to employers, but it does ensure that people who are suffering pregnancy loss can take some time. Five days really is not a lot of time when you suffer such such a significant loss. So this uh, amendment was brought uh, brought forward and it was accepted by government, which we hardly ever see, but it was really nice to see. And so now this bill can be cited as Ruby's Law. And Ruby was the name of Laura Lee's granddaughter. So that was that was uh, an emotional time in the legislature, uh, very important time and very important topic for for people that have suffered pregnancy loss. On Wednesday, I read two more member statements. One was regarding the rising inflation and rising cost of living that people are struggling with, in, including everyone here in Cumberland North. And I did address that through a member statement in the legislature. I also read a member statement congratulating and thanking Doris Walton and her team of volunteers that are providing a program called After the Bell Program, which provides backpacks full of food for children going home on weekends to ensure that they have enough to eat. So thank you, Doris, and your team. On Wednesday, during question period, I asked the Minister of Education if her government was going to create a universal school food program It is something that they supported when they were in opposition, and we had several great discussions about. I had done uh, a study and researched this idea and spoke with the people in Prince Edward Island who actually have very successfully created a universal school food program there. So I did ask the Minister of Education, and it also was the topic of public accounts earlier that day. Unfortunately, They did not say they are supporting a universal school lunch program, but we will continue on this important idea and continue to push for it. Wednesday was opposition day for the Liberals, and they called two of their bills. One was Bill 233, which is an accountability act for need of family physician registry. So there was some good healthy debate about that registry. They also brought forth Bill 217, which was around the Residential Tenancy Act respecting administration and enforcement. And then we ended the day with emergency debate around climate. Thankfully, the government, uh, the premier, as well as the, the leader of the opposition party, Zach Churchill, met and came to some sort of an agreement so that the House hours for the legislature were placed back to normal sitting hours. So, as of Wednesday, we did not have to sit till midnight again. So I'm hoping that that will lead to much better quality debate in the Nova Scotia legislature. 
On Thursday, I read two member statements. One was around the problems around 911 and the lack of ability to have timely and safe emergency response times here in, in Cumberland County. I also read a member statement recognizing our paramedics, recognizing the incredible work and exemplary work that they do, despite the very difficult situation that they're in, where there's simply not enough people, there's not enough paramedics, and there's not enough ambulances to respond to the demand. Also in the legislature, we finished uh, Bill 208, the Environment Act. That bill had been hoisted last week, uh, which means that it's debated again for a second time in second reading. So that finished on Thursday. We also had several other bills for second reading. One was Bill 212, Public Utilities Act regarding Nova Scotia power rates. And that bill is quite controversial because it does ensure that Nova Scotia Power cannot increase the power rates regarding maintenance maintenance issues any more than 1.8%. But that did create Nova Scotia Power, Amera, to pull out of the Atlantic Loop, which of course is a much bigger project. And so there'll be lots more to come on that topic. Bill 228 is also a Public Utilities Act amendment and that's regarding efficiency in Nova Scotia. Bill 214, an act to invest, as well as Bill 215, an act to invest act, and Bill 216, Build Nova Scotia Act, are all around dissolving five crown corporations into these two new ones. And, and the new ones will be Invest Nova Scotia and Build Nova Scotia. Bill 219 was also brought forward in second reading, which is Gaming Control Act. All of these bills, these last uh, four bills that I read, are all around governance. And what's happening is the government is dissolving uh, several boards of directors and placing all of the control directly under the premier and the cabinet. There's lots of controversy around these decisions. There's concerns about political interference, as well as lack of good governance. So more to come. Uh, as of right now, as I'm preparing this MLA update, the Law Amendments Committee is sitting and there is uh, presentations from the public about some of these board governance decisions. And we'll be discussing this more in Committee of the Whole and third reading this week. On Friday, I read two, mo- two more member statements. One was around local decision-making and the challenges due to the lack of local decision-making for recruiting and retaining nurses. And we're seeing that right here in our local hospitals. I also read a member statement around the need for more sane nurses, which are sexual assault nurses, and making sure or recommending that there is a properly trained sexual assault nurse at every regional hospital 24 hours, seven days a week. And right now that is not the case. In question period, I brought up the challenges around lack of safe and timely emergency response times by EHS. And of course, EHS stands for Emergency Health Services. It is a division of the Department of Health, and they contract our ambulance services through a private company, Medivive. And the challenge that I'm seeing and that many are seeing is that there are certain performance standards that this private company is supposed to meet and they're supposed to be fined if they're not meeting the performance standards. But for some reason, unbeknownst to me and others, 
the government is not holding the private company to account. So we're not seeing any improvements. We're continuing to see delays, including one of our very own constituents, beautiful woman, Audrey Purdy, who fractured her hip outside while in her garden and waited six hours. Audrey waited six hours for an ambulance to come as she laid and suffered in pain from her broken hip. Completely unacceptable. And we need to see improvements. We need to see some accountability. And that is what I addressed in question period on Friday. We also had other legislation discussed in second reading on Friday in Bill 225, where the government, this is also another very controversial bill that the government have brought forward, it will allow the government to basically override and remove any bylaws that HRM, the Halifax Regional Municipal Government, puts in place. So very, very much um, heavy-handed by government. Lots of controversy there from the municipal governments. And interesting, this week in Halifax, the Nova Scotia Federation of Municipalities will be holding their their annual meetings, and I'm sure this will be a hot topic. Bill 222 is Housing Supply and Services Act, which again is another governance-like bill where the government will be dissolving the five housing authorities in the province and placing all the control centralized in, in Halifax. Bill 223 is Municipal Finance Corporation Dissolution Act, which again so shows the government dissolving another board of directors and placing all the control under the premier and his cabinet. Again, Bill 224 is another similar act where Perinia Food and Agriculture Act, the government is once again dissolving this board and placing it under the premier's control. Bill 230 in second reading is uh, recognizing the Lycan Act, Provincial Lycan Act, and where this will be uh, provincially recognized. Bill 227, Financial Measures Act, is a bill respecting the financial tax implications where the government is providing some tax relief for those with fertility costs. So that is a bit of an overview, a wrap-up of some of the legislation and issues discussed in the legislature last week. Today, Monday, I'll be traveling back down after I give out my Halloween treats tonight. I'll be driving down to the city for the house to be back in session tomorrow, Tuesday. So on the weekend, I came home. I was able to come home Friday night. It was so great to be back in Cumberland County. On Saturday, I attended the 4-H Awards Banquet for Cumberland County. I want to say thank you to Teresa Wood for serving as president this past year. And good luck to all the 4-Hers. I believe there's 25 of them, as well as nine adult chaperones that are leaving this Wednesday, heading up to Toronto for the Royal Winter Fair to compete. So good luck to all our 4-Hers. And thank you, thank you to all of the servant leaders that are there for our young 4-Hers as they go through this incredible uh, program. 4-H is certainly a foundation for us here in Cumberland County and helps to create great leadership leadership opportunities for our youth. On Saturday night, I went to the Amherst Stadium and got to watch our Amherst Ramblers. And although they didn't come off with a win, they played very well and they are definitely the better team and wish the Amherst Ramblers a great season. This week, again, I'll be here in Amherst on Monday today. Happy Halloween to everyone and uh, have a safe evening for all the trick-or-treaters.
and I'll be leaving tonight for Halifax tomorrow. As I mentioned, the legislature does resume on Tuesday at 1 p.m., and I'll be in session all this week and will speak to bills as needed on your behalf representing Cumberland North. There is a task force that have been working to try to get a winter emergency temporary shelter set up in the town of Amherst. There's just so many people that simply cannot find affordable housing, and we want to ensure that no one dies this winter from exposure to the cold. If you're interested in getting involved and helping, you can contact the the task force. The best way is through email at projectwets2022 at gmail.com. That's P-R-O. J-E-C-T-W-E-T-S 2022 at gmail.com. My staff are working hard to organize a Queen's Jubilee ceremony on November the 12th. I'm hosting a Queen's Jubilee ceremony to present medals and pins to people in our community that have helped to make our community stronger and better for all. The public, you, are welcome to attend. However, we do ask people to RSVP as we'll be having food and we want, we want to ensure that we have enough food for all. I was planning on holding a dance as well as a fundraiser for the shelter. However, given the circumstances of where I've been in the legislature till midnight every night, and this session is, is going to be quite long, as well as the significant amount of COVID that's in our communities, my team and I decided to hold off having the dance and we'll just be having the Queen's Jubilee ceremony to present the medals and pins on November the 12th. If you have any questions, feel free to give my office a call at 902-661-2288. I'd like to wish happy birthday and anniversary wishes to anyone celebrating this week, including Anne Keddy, who actually celebrated a birthday yesterday on Sunday the 30th, as well as Anne Sharp, whose birthday was yesterday as well. Both incredible women and want to send out birthday wishes to them. Today, Monday, October the 31st, Peggy White and Dan York are celebrating birthdays. And on Tuesday, November 1st, Ken Godfrey is celebrating. On Wednesday, November the 2nd, my brother Vaughn, Vaughn Smith, is celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday. When we were growing up, I often gave him some of my Halloween candy as part of his birthday present. I always think of that on Halloween. Also on Wednesday, my constituency assistant, Dan Gould, is celebrating a birthday. So if you have an opportunity, stop in and say hi to Dan and wish him a happy birthday. On Thursday, November the 3rd, Jenna Gould and Karen Donaghy are celebrating birthdays. On Friday, November the 4th, Stephanie Hawkins. And on Saturday, November the 5th, Chad Coates and James Martin are celebrating. Anyone else celebrating this week, sending you birthday and anniversary wishes. I'd like to extend my sympathies to anyone that has lost a loved one recently, including the family and friends of two sisters that passed away very closely together. Elma Viva Green, as well as her sister, Doreen Olton, both passed recently and thinking of their family and friends at this time. Also sending my condolences to the family and friends of Pauline Evelyn Thompson, Arnold Joe Lines, Derek Peter Joseph Karaluk, David Fitzgerald, as well as Edward James Estabrooks. And if there's anyone else that has lost a loved one at this time, I am sending my condolences to you. My final words today, I want to give congratulations to a local business owner, Mr. Mikhail Mansour. And Mikhail own, now owns Casey Realty, and they recently purchased the Amherst Movie Theatre. 
they've refurbished it or are working on that. And this past weekend, they had a free movie showing of Ghostbusters for the people, for the community. And it was just so great to see so many children dressed up for Halloween and partaking in a free movie. So I want to say thank you. Thank you to the Manzors. What an amazing family they are and how they are so dedicated to our downtown. And it's very, very um, important that those that are able to invest and grow our community do so. And it's important to acknowledge people when they do that. So thank you to the Manzor family and thank you to Mikhail for your local leadership and look forward to seeing more growth in our area. We urgently need investment in grow and growth in our housing sector. If you have the means, please consider building or renovating an old building so that more housing can be available in the town of Amherst and the county of Cumberland. Wishing you all a great week ahead. Work to forge a resolve. What matters to you will help you forge a resolve in the work that you do. What motivates you? What matters to you? Find a way to use that and change the world for the better. Together, we can all turn darkness into light. We can take a challenge. We can find the opportunity that lies in it. Let's all work to forge our resolve and seek the best in our world. Take care of yourselves, take care of others, and have a great week.